Well, hey, uh, first of all, good morning and uh, really sorry about the the whole uh, miscommunication I had there earlier. But I'm really glad that you uh, you're taking the time to do this. And I'm very, very grateful uh, for this uh, this book that you sent my way. I'm very, very thrilled to talk to you about it. How's life over there? Good. You know, time both Sundays. Sundays are not a bad day for me. Um generally speaking so it was all right and the post office has ruined like you're like the eighth person that uh, had some issue with the post office in like the last month so uh, i don't know sad. what it is over in my post office or what like i was mailing books to people yeah and some of them and the address was correct like i verified and the envelopes even though i sent them you know the post yeah, office like they yeah. arrived with no book in them or just the bookmark or yeah. the book was like damaged and i was like i do this at the same post office <laughs> all the time and like i know the guy there and he's great so i don't know what happened so the fact that it was just it was you i was like well that's the eighth like oh. that well i'm, I'm sorry it's... to hear that because yeah, on my yeah. end on my end and i'm sorry this is totally a tangent but listen it's yeah. it's sunday right yeah I, it's sunday i've received envelopes Somebody stole my kid's Christmas present from the post office. Oh you know, like it, there's all kinds of stuff. And when that happened, I was like, well, I'm sorry, Dr. Sarah. I'm really letting you down here. But my post office is like, yeah, yeah. Completely throwing a curveball my way. So <laughs> there it is. It's as okay. much as I love it, as much as I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't think. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but it's fine. That's why we have PDFs. So. That's right. Bless you. And again, Thanks no for problem. this is a this is the collection the weather gods the one that we're going to yes. be talking about and I got to tell you this is this is such precise work it is so strong and so such a delight to read that oh, thank um, you. I'm glad I had the week to just kind of sit with it and then I reread it again last night to oh, wow, just kind of process some things um, but I'd like to start at the beginning if you just kind of want to do I don't want to do like a play by play but maybe just uh, right. you know uh, a couple of signposts you know uh throughout the whole thing that we might stop at and and recollect and see how these things came together uh if that you works mean, like, for you reading or talking about that well if you want to do readings i'm not going to stop you from readings because okay, I, I no, love... i just was trying to figure out what you meant <laughs> um, so like you mean like why did i write like how did this book come out or like yeah yeah let's play it by ear but let's start at the beginning first because i i think that your first poem is so such a beautiful introduction and it starts oh, with such you. presence first of all why that one at the beginning uh, clearly not the first poem that you ever wrote intended for the collection but why this one in particular i think um and i don't you know i'm not i can't remember every detail anymore but i think i wanted to anchor you know you want the first poem is often like an anchor of the of the book right and other people disagree but I really wanted to anchor the book in a way to kind of set the tone for at least the first section and what's coming that there are these spaces, right. Where like things enter and that we're not all the same. We don't approach them all the same way. I also wanted to have the speaker, the first introduction that we get to the speaker be both open to something and ambivalent towards it right because i think those are like at least for me 
key themes, key questions of this book and of my work in general and how we relate to other people, right? I mean, if there's two, at least two people in this work, in this poem, and it's like an amalgam of people I know, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and you think about like how we relate to other people, um, is, is also in this, like how you approach the world also affects how you relate to other people. And so, I mean, I think it's not a necessarily entirely positive, but entirely negative, uh, poem either. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about the collection that I keep going back and forth. It's that in between, right. Of, yeah. of knowing and not knowing the, the, the certainty and uncertainty of, of love and relationships and, and even your, your place in the history of relationships, because you do go back as far as, as these ideas of mythology that are so strong in the, in the collection. But there's also this, this introduction here of faith and, yeah. and that really struck me because I'm just obsessed with this notion personally. Cool. And I think that to start it out with a bang like that, I don't believe in ghosts or God, even though you do, it already creates this, this chasm that, that is just starting to, to put right. people that might be, you know, willing to be together in, in this, uh, diverging direction. And then the, like the third line, right. Is I wish I could. Like, so then yeah. there's that offering, right? right? Like, yeah. I don't, you do, but I, we relate to anybody, the world, you know? And, and I mean, I see it and for me, it's in my own life in particular. Like I'm not, I'm an atheist Jew, but I also, I really want like sometimes to like believe in all kinds of things because it would make my whole life easier. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think I'm too much of a coward to be an atheist, but I'm, I'm very much an agnostic now. And yeah, uh, like, it's just so, <laughs> and yet, I mean, as you know, from having read the book, like in the rest of the book, like the weather gods, I mean, it's a funny, like that kind of thing. Like there's just some stuff that happens in the world that you have no control over, no matter yes. what you believe or don't believe. Right. Like, you can read the weather report and it looks sunny and then it rains and there's nothing you can do about it. And there's nothing anybody can do. So it's right. not like, Oh, okay. I messed up. I could have done. Nobody can control the weather. Yeah. And that brings right? me to like, literally yeah. nobody. It brings me to this larger idea as well that you're, that you're using kind of as the backdrop of, of this whole collection, which is seasonal change and landscape. And of course, weather and how it just comes in and transforms different uh, different landscapes of of relationships and and actual landscapes. And I'd like to know thematically how you okay. arrived at at this collection and and these poems. Like, when did you sort out the things that that the poems were telling you when you were writing this? Well, for this one, I mean. I try not to do project books, although I lied. And like the last two, I just like <laughs> the one I is that's coming out next year is totally a project book. And I started another one that I'm working on. That's totally, but at the, but these, I just let the poems come and be what they're going to be. So the other thing to know that a lot of people who might be listening or not is I drive a lot. I live about, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I work in a city in Illinois and that's about 90, 85 miles away. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this long highway and it's, it's, it's a pretty easy commute, but it's, and it's very rural and lakes and yeah, it's all fun. So I see this every day. So I see the change, you know, um, 
as sometimes overnight. Like I'm driving, I'm like, whoa, yesterday <laughs> there were no like when the farmers bale the hay and they have these big there's these big like cylinders and they look yeah, like yeah. spools of thread sitting on their side. Like one day I won't see any, and then literally the next day there'll be a million. And then I know that that's a human or humans doing it, but you see those things like almost overnight, and I uh-huh. see them a lot. Um, so there's part of I think some of those things come out. The other thing. You know, uh, I would say in terms of thematically is I, at the time of this book, um, was when I was working on it, I finished it, I think, in 2020. Um, a few other poems came later and I added them. But even up and before the pandemic happened, I had had a few members of my family and friends either gotten ill or had passed on. Mm. And it was I was dealing with some personal grief. Or just these, and I just was trying to write. I mean, I didn't plan. I didn't say, okay, I'm going to write a poem about fall and work through this grief. Mm-hmm. But it kind of came that way as a anchor myself, right? Like, because trees and things are, you know, they're there until you cut them down. Like, anchor myself within this world that is changing, that I have no control over, but also is a comfort, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do think that you're touching on something so peculiar because uh, one of my favorite things is obviously time to just sit in the ideas and yeah. to have something like like a long drive to be constantly inspired by the surroundings and just really have the, the time to process. I'm curious how much of it is by the time you get to the keyboard or the notebook, everything is just pouring out because it's somehow been defined already in your mind because you actually have some time to process clearly it's like not all you do while you're driving because you have to think about what how's my family doing and this or that but is that something that you feel already comes out fully formed if you will when you actually sit down right i mean sometimes i will be driving driving is really good for my you know ideas and composition Mm -hmm. um i work stuff out although lately you know if i listen to something then no i'm listening to that but um I, yeah, I mean, some days I would get like lines or images or something and I would either speak them into my voice phone, like I would have to, if I didn't want to lose it or sort of try to remember, you know, like you can do those like things, try to remember and write them down so I could. And sometimes I would get most of or fully formed, like at least a draft, Uh but sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I'll just get a a rattle of something (laughs) or like I'll hear something on the radio and I go, oh, that's an interesting phrase. Um, so, you know, I don't, in a lot of walking, I used to do a lot of walking and that helps too, that I don't, cause you can't do anything while you're doing that. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, it really just the circumstances of the day or the time. Um, sometimes I'd work out, like I know, and this still happens. Like sometimes I'll have like, let's say three stanzas and I go, how am I going to end this? And sometimes, you know, I'll think about, oh, maybe I should move this or, and so sometimes I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in the middle of something, um, but it really just depends. Like I am not, I, I have discipline, but I am not that writer who can say, okay, I've got this idea. I'm going to sit down on Monday and work this. Like I, <laughs> and it's not because, I mean, I have a, a son and a husband and a job and I, but it's not even because of that. It's just like my, my muse has to be there. She has to be, or he or it, they mm-hmm. have to be ready. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's not that I can't do it. I just, sometimes I really have to have that. Yeah. yeah worked yeah. out. You no. Know? 
before I can do it. So people say, are you, sometimes I'll go weeks with like nothing, not a word, not an idea, or I'll like, oh, look at that. And that might be good. And then I don't even want to write it down. So like, it's really strange how it works. Yeah. But one of the most exciting things, and I'm glad that you're, you're kind of explaining it this way, because as I've heard some of your other podcasts, you you had mentioned that that you're very much a type A person, you know, and, and we've had this conversation before, I think, in the last yes, we have. the last podcast. Yes. But one of the fascinating things, it, it kind of parallels this idea of living in the middle. I what I what I call is living in the gray. Right. Um, oh, I, I love that. I. Uh, I spent a lot of time working with uh, social workers who are mm. really just trying to do the best they can in, in oh. really difficult situations, right? They're trying to marry oh, yeah. this this sort of like bureaucratic system and, and very humane needs. And um, one of my mentors there used to say, you got to live in the gray. You got to live in the gray to make it happen. And I think that's it's kind of a, exemplified in the way that you're talking about life and relationships in this work that, and, and that's just, just a beautiful philosophy. And just as you mentioned too, you have a very type A personality. You're going to call the shots. You're going to do what you want to do. But at the same time, yeah. you're waiting for the muse and how insane is that? But how beautiful it's is totally it? It's totally insane, but I can't do that. And I <laughs> yeah. tried like taking workshops and I've like, especially in the summers when I camp and I have like days where I go, let me just work on some work like <laughs> yeah and i get yeah. excited you know i might be able to revise something but honest or i'll give myself an exercise right i'll say okay you're gonna write about and like i maybe i can get an hour into it and then i go this is not anything <laughs> and 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 maybe i just don't feel it and maybe i can practice like make yourself be more you know there are people who say yeah okay yeah. if i just do this every day for three months and i get up at six you know right my body will do, and maybe it would. I never tried it, for, but I, mm -hmm. I can't. And it's really hard because I am, my mom and I are planners and we want to plan out like every, like my mom always says, um, and you know, she and my dad live we're in their house and she's the one who makes dinner and plans the meals. And she's like, if at 10 o'clock in the morning, if I don't at least like know what I'm making for dinner, the day is ruined. <laughs> and I'm not quite though. But but I get it because I feel that I'm like, dude, if I don't know on Tuesday, I'm doing this and Wednesday, I'm doing, like, I feel untethered mm -hmm. in a weird way, yeah. even though there is this. I love how you said this live in the gray and I'm going to chew on this for a long time because it is that I think poetry or through whatever, allow myself to live in that space and just say, you know what? It's going to rain. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And there's mm -hmm. nothing you can do about that. I've had a different relationship to the, like, that's a, that's a good thing for me. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing for all of us, you know? Absolutely. To let the reins go, uh, in, in... Yeah, because there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing anybody, and it's not even like, I think for me, what's, it's not like, Oh, somebody else could have like figured this out. It's literally nobody can control if it's going to rain or not. It just is. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know, and then people go, yeah, you have faith. It's God. I'm like, oh, no, it's not God. It's like meteorology. But like, it's so this weird. So I do have this space open in my life for it, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I, I, which I think gets back to the thing in the in the poem that we first started. Like, I wish I could. I wish I could go, okay, there's this. I have this capacity. We all to live in the gray. Well, I can't. And then I'm like, nope. Can't do it. So we'll see. <laughs> but well, it definitely is a skill that is uh that yeah. is working to your benefit in this collection in particular. 
But let's talk about uh, myth because you do have a background in classical and literature. Um, I do. And I, I'm sort of curious if there was ever a conversation with yourself about whether mythology was going to take over the collection, because I think you've done it really gracefully here where it's kind of peppered in, in ways to support the narrative or, or at least some of the, the thematic ideas. And, and I'm curious how that came to be for you. Well, I think that's a great question. Um, I think it depends poem by poem. And I know that sounds like a cop out, but like, I, I mean, it's, it's also the truth. So sometimes the truth, <laughs> what did they say from like Futurama? Sometimes the truth is often stupid. Um, <laughs> like I think it's Bender who says that the truth is often stupid. Oh, but it's that. true. Like I think that that, um, but so some poems, yeah, you want to go, okay, here's this cool, you know, this cool allusion to Zeus or later or whatever. And then the, yeah, so it is, it, I think it comes out in revision too. Like I am a heavy reviser generally, um, much to a lot of people's like awe and shock. <laughs> and my 19 year old self who was like, you can't, you can't improve on this. This is perfect. Um, yeah. So I think some of it is, it depends on how do I really want to have this poem be a retelling of this story or do I want to use that theme or that question or that reference to, to do something else? And it really depends. Um, what amuses me about this question though, is the, the book that is not out yet, but is coming out is largely about Persephone and Demeter. Mm. I struggled with that the whole time. Like even now I'm like, am I retelling this? Is this really a retelling or recasting are people going to get enough you know and i put these characters in a modern sense and then somebody said to me but what's cool is that like you can't ask them so yeah. like even in the bible when we go to the bible right some of these things really happen and we have documents or we, we, some not you know <laughs> um but some things happen and you can like look and trace historically okay this or this society or this place in the myths you literally can't like i mean you could get ovid and you know that people have done not to diminish the decades of amazing research that people did but like it was all made up in the first place mm. so you can't go and say well you know if i poet who made shit up like i i mean that's all you got in a lot of ways right and, and we've found since that like there's evidence of some things that like but like it's so unstable to begin with mm -hmm. and so that's i think what makes it fun to kind of go okay like do i want to, to retell recast this in a new light or do i just want to like point to that and say also this mm -hmm. also this? yeah i don't know i mean it's it's an ongoing struggle but i think it's really poem by poem and the overall message i wanted to or the theme or the question or the idea you know i wanted to engage in yeah. Or wanted the reader to think about. And it's sort of like pruning, right? Where you, you yeah. have this, this, these bits, right? Of poems that are, that are filtered with, with a lot of myth and, and they're littered with that stuff. And suddenly you feel like, oh, I can take this and, and apply it somewhere else, right? This is good enough for this collection, but there's still some left over here that needs yeah. an, to continue in some other shape or form. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And you're always, I mean, so like, I don't really know much about pruning, but a friend of mine has a winery and she's out there pruning and she's like, sometimes you make a bad guess. You go, well, I think this branch is going to go <laughs> this way. And you yeah. never know. Cause it's not like it tells you. Yeah. In right? full disclosure, I don't know anything about pruning. Neither do I. <laughs> Just what in I read fact, in books. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I have my mom prune my geraniums because I'm like, you know what? You just cut this. Yeah. Don't. I don't know how to do it. Just leave. Because my instinct is just leave it alone. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But this this reminds me of of mentors, right? Because you <sighs> you've mentioned before how your mentor Kathleen, is that right? Yes. Okay. Kathleen, yep. So she seems to be an integral part of the process. She is there alongside you the whole way. And I really love this idea of somebody that will kind of push you in the right direction and share with you what does need to stay and what will be pruned or cut or dismissed. So can you share a little bit about that relationship in in regards to this collection? Yes, absolutely. She reads, Kathleen reads almost everything. Um, And I do have a few other people that I'll say, is this anything like, or is this, (laughs) You know, and they're poets. Um, and sometimes I take their advice and sometimes I don't, you know. Uh, but for Kathleen in particular, I mean, the the thing of it is, for me, is that you have to find someone or a couple people that don't take it over, right? And that's why I think mentorship is really, like, a good word for that because I could make suggestions on anybody's poem I wanted to, right? Like, I mean, we all could. You could, too. You could say, this strikes me. I want to hear more about that. And whether you're qualified or not, it doesn't matter. You know, you could. But does that person understand one poetry, but also your work, your poem, your vision? And sometimes it's really what she'll do is she'll ask me questions that get me that have, I mean, something they have nothing to do with the poem, but they'll mm-hmm. say like, did you mean this? Or why did you do this? Or what's this like? Like, and it's not about like, oh, this doesn't work or this works great. It's literally like, and I go, oh, I, it's totally, I know exactly how I'm going to revise this now. Yeah. And sometimes it's totally different. Yeah. You know? And it's a process of eliminating totally. the unnecessary thoughts in your own head by mm-hmm. getting that feedback from somebody else because we do we do create our own echo chamber and in that way. sometimes like I'll get the feedback from whoever, whether it's Kathleen or other readers, I'll just send them this something, whether it's a draft a fully or lines or something. And they'll say, all right, this doesn't seem to work. And then I'll look at it and I'll go back and fix it. And then maybe Kathleen will read it and she'll say, no, 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 it's not that it's this. (laughs) And I'll look at it. And sometimes I say, oh, it is, you know, three people said the same thing, but sometimes I go, oh, actually I know how to solve this. It's the title. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like, and then everything works. And sometimes you don't know, you know, <laughs> yeah. what it is that you, what's wrong, wrong with it. It's, or not working or not firing. It's that like people are, arri- are arriving at different things. And mm-hmm. one funny, and I think this is also relevant. Sometimes Kathleen and I will go over a poem I've written like three times. Like I'll, <laughs> you know, revise it, whatever. And then she'll be like, okay, now on the fourth time we've seen this, now I see other stuff. And so now we got to either fix this, fix that. And sometimes it's funny because we'll be like, yeah, one more and it's done. Yeah. And like after the fourth time, we'll be like, actually, none of this works. Um, Once everything <laughs> else, because you see, you see once other things are resolved, then you can see something else. And sometimes, you know, that doesn't happen very often, mm-hmm. but I think. It happens often enough for me to like bring it up. Um, And it's just funny how on different readings you see different stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I want to ask you about the shorter poems because I think those are 
so challenging to me. And they still feel like the holy grail of poetry when you can pack so much of a punch in something so small. And uh, one of them uh, that sticks in my mind is Blueberries, which is oh, yeah. uh, a beautiful, beautiful work. I, I was wondering you. if you could read that one. Sure. Um, Let me find the page because I. That's the one that I didn't write the page on oh, uh, on my notes here. 35. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> According to this one, Blueberries. Yeah. All right. It's called Blueberries. I wanted to ask you why you are already gone, but you were already gone. Sometimes I still crave your shape to tuck into my mouth for safekeeping. A bowl of blueberries waits on the counter for pie, an offering. Beautiful, beautiful work. This one really stuck with me, and I went back and and just kind of stared at it a couple of times. Just <laughs> That's to, like the ultimate compliment. Like, just to I, yeah, go ahead. Like, I feel that way about poems I read by the people. I'm like, I just, I just yeah. want to look at it. Yeah, yeah. And... What I appreciated about it, obviously, was that last image that you're left hanging there with. And it's it always happens to to be a question. It always happens to be something that is that is pulling you in two different directions, at least. Right. And can you share what this poem, how this poem originated and how you settled on this form? Did you have to cut things away or was it always this precise? It was never this precise i can just um i had i stole i was reading um i can't remember the the author now it was um oh jason shinder stupid hope and he has this poem it's like called i read or something mm. and he has this line that goes something like i wanted to ask you where you were going but you were already gone something about that and i was like this is weird i've never read anything like this i'm gonna write into that you know mm-hmm. um and i had a different I think I can pull up some other versions. They were longer, not very long, but longer. Uh, yeah, it was addressed to a particular person from way long ago and it wasn't working or it wasn't necessary, you know, mm-hmm. I yeah. think. Um, and it, that means you have to like either tell the story yeah. of like this thing. And I had to just, you know, decide ultimately like what do, what, what do I want to evoke? You uh-huh. know, what do I want to convey? And once you pick that, that's the direction you're going, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can't. And I, I do remember Kathleen and I went many rounds on this one mm-hmm. um, to figure out, like, where do we end? Do I end with the blueberry pie or the pie? Do I mention blueberries at all? Like, mm-hmm. or is it just the title? I mean, those were decisions I kind of had to make, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that because uh, I don't know if you had heard me when we cut out here for just a moment. It plays to me because I see I see three act structure in everything because I'm a playwright, right? Yeah. So you want beginning, yeah. middle, and end. But in those three lines, when you break it up in that way, you have your introduction, you're setting up the situation, you have the the turn in some way, and then you have the question, which transforms uh, what right. what you originally started with that that imagery. So um, I, I just think it's a it's a beautiful way of sharing Thank something you. that is less about one person, but uh, sort of a template for us to imbue it uh, in such a way, but it still feels specific though. And I think that's kind of, obviously I'm getting very generic, you know, in terms of what poetry can do, that's but right, right. I think it's very effective. I think, I think it's Thank remarkably you. effective. So uh, moving on to, uh, to another one here that I wanted to ask you about was um, 
let me see here. A Matter of Semantics. Which, oh, I'm so glad you asked about this one. This one's one of my favorite weird ones. Yeah, let's. Um, do you want to read it or do you want to talk about it? I would love to. Let okay. me just find the page. Uh, um, 73? Oh, 73. thank you. Yep. I did write that one down. Okay. I got it. Yep, 73. (laughs) A matter of semantics. A little longer, but not too long. I want to rest in the hammocks between definitions, between ghost and spirit, body and corpse. A crow doesn't care that it's a crow and not a raven. How black the slick of its feathers. It knows how to crow in the sky across the wind, how to gather discarded things, and to keep or give. They say getting rid of things can bring you joy, that perhaps nothing is better than something. But even the great nothing that orders it all cannot make a heart, however imperfect, love what it won't. We can't blow breath into a ghost and call it full of spirit. Wow. This one blow, blows me away. This is such a, oh, thank you. such a wonderful work. Can you tell me about this one? Yeah, so this one, I mean, because of my background, right, I'm a little, like, so semantics is, you know, like, maybe my first love, because it's so silly, and so also profound, right, you have this really granular, you could get really, really super granular Mm -hmm. about it, Um, so I love that, and it changes, you know, so like, as, you know, 100 years ago, things didn't mean the same thing that they mean now, so I love that, so I think that's, like, me writing for me. Um, but I also think like, there's a lot of movement in this poem. Like a crow doesn't like a crow's a crow, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. a crow, like a crow doesn't know that somewhere in English we call it a crow. Like it just <laughs> does what it's going to do. Yeah. Right. And so like it's follows on whether it's instinct or however, you know, you want to bring this way. That's what it does. And I love that, but I also am kind of like, this is the atheist me coming in and going, but also this, right? <laughs> but you can't, you can't blow breath into a ghost and then go, look, it's a spirit. Like yeah. you did that, you know? And so I think that that, I don't know if I'm being very articulate about it, but I think that that tension mm-hmm. is fascinating to me. Um and getting rid of things is like the Marie Kondo, you know, does this bring you joy or not? And nothing is better than something. And I mean, that comes in with the ex Nilo earlier in the book too, mm-hmm. right? Like, so like I'm interested non-arbitrariness. Like if you know, I mean, you're a playwright, so you kind of know how, evo- you know, how to evoke something and say it without saying it more yeah. through action or through mood or tone or lighting yes. or, you know what I mean? So you can do that, but like that's I think poetry also does that. No, absolutely. Um, and one of the fascinating things about this as well is at least for me as a personal reaction, it felt like something that that as an absurdist, I really enjoy this idea of things that you can't control, even though you've labeled them, even though you've assigned meaning to them. Sometimes the meaning kind of momentarily evaporates. And I think that's what yes. the poem does really well. When you start digging into that, the logic of the the point of view of the poem starts to erode the meaning of certain things. And, and for me, I, I felt that was very powerful. Maybe it's something that I'm, again, imbuing into it. But to me, it felt like logic was leaving <laughs> in, in a way it is, because you were digging we in yeah logic is leaving and i agree i mean you're you're i think you're a really good reader anyway but like 
and it doesn't matter if I agree with you either. So mm. like, I'll just say that, but I do think logic does erode, but I do think at the end, the last two stanzas, it's kind of coming back, but a changed coming back. Mm-hmm. So the logic that we re- arrive at at the end, the yes. last two stanzas, is not the same logic, right? That right. we had in the beginning. I mean, I, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, though. absolutely. Because you're you're providing you're providing that transformation, that hope, um, or at least a uh, uh, a return in in some way with right. with that new information. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Like there's this, and like the return, I think you really are a poet. You use all the terms properly. Um, the I, return, you know, like the, Volta, the, yeah, sonnet, yeah. the change and the return. Yeah. Like you somewhere, there's a poet. Um, you know, I think it is like sticking around with you guys long enough because I feel like yeah. this is finally starting to sink in. And when I read your, your work, it, I start to make those connections where you start to see what I call lineages. Right. And I love yeah. that you mentioned the poets that you're fond of and, and that kind of inspire you to get going a certain direction. And for me, I mean, this, this is one of those works that is so approachable and conversational, but at the same time, there's a rigor that that Thank eludes you. me that evades me but i'm so invested in it that i just need to keep going well but, thank you i mean yeah. rigor I, v- nobody else has said so far <laughs> and that doesn't mean it's true or not it's just but I it's relative heard. it's relative because it is, it, especially I, yeah I'm an like i'm an academic like that's the thing i want i mean sure, you want accessibility sure. as a poet right like you don't i mean maybe mo- some poets don't um yeah but i do i want anyone to be able to pick it up, read it, get something, whatever that is from it. Right. Um, maybe not the thing I intended, right? Yeah, but yeah. something. But I also don't, because I don't like, personally, poems that don't make me think of something in a uh-huh. different way, which is a rigor in some sense. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. So I don't, I mean, I am not Wallace Stevens. And even I, because I had to stop teaching Wallace Stevens because I, I, I love <laughs> Wallace Stevens, but I, I'm like, I got nothing. Like, I, <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like, talk about absurdist, and I love Stevens, and I think he's one, you know, but like, I don't want it to be so, cl- like, so rigorous that you can't approach it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You know, but I also love that you're bringing different, you want to stick with it, but that you're bringing different layers, and that in a week, you might, you might come back to something mm-hmm. and go, actually, I don't think this, or I, uh, now what strikes me is this. I mean, I think that's what great poems do, right? You, yeah. Stand in front of them all, but you also have something to say, or it calls you back. Yeah. You know, they call you back to them. For sure. Can I ask you about this poem that you mentioned in another podcast called The Anti Grief? Yes. You said something that was so evocative and, and very exciting to hear. And I'm curious if you could elaborate on how that pushed you in what you thought was the right direction when you started putting this together. So, yes, The Anti Grief is um a marianne baruch poem and it's a short one and you should look it up and read it um because it's great mm-hmm. and in the poem it's basically like and i don't know how she does it like she's a magician um but it 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 i was it was one of those poems that i was just like i kept coming back to it coming back to it, trying to understand it trying to look at it and it was about these traces like ruts in the road or mm-hmm. the little like bits of lettuce you know when you're washing a dish and you have this little bit of something and all of that stuff and and it was basically like oh when we see all of these things 
we realize we're all in this and the last two lines of like of it are like all of it all of us all of us mm-hmm. singing um the poem is called all of us but it's in this work the antigrief and so she is using that sort of I would say attitude toward the world, right? Mm-hmm. As as a turn to sort of say, when you're in this moment of grief, here's the antidote. So it kind of plays on anti and antidote to this mm-hmm. is like notice the little things and realize, oh, this is all of us singing. This is all of us living. And it was just so provocative for me. Um, and so I think I tried to write that and I couldn't write that, that poem, right? Because mm-hmm. only she could write that poem. But I was like, okay, what is similar to those things? And that's where the poem, The Weather Gods, came from. Is like It ended up being because of my orientation and what I was going on at the, at the time and noticing is like, oh, mm-hmm. it's there are things we can't control, but how do we orient ourselves for them? Like the same rain that we love to listen to is also the thing that is like the like when you have the worst day ever and then and then it was raining <laughs> and you're like and, and it was just right the straw yeah. broke the camel and it's the same rain like it's rain right and so like it's not it's how we approach it and so i think i tried i mean it was a i don't know if i'd write the same poem today you know um, <laughs> yeah. but that's kind of how i where i started and opened up and i also really wanted to have what she does, Marianne Baruch in all of her poems and great poets do this, is like every line of the poem or everything in the poem kind of stacks up. And even though it changed, like you don't see it coming, every little detail works. And I said, yes. okay, how can I use that as approach that every single detail in my poem, whether that's diction, whether that's tone, whether that's what I say, and works to build toward this? Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. that's the other like technical thing that I. Sure. saw in that poem in particular yeah so after you i i guess you know there wasn't a direct like you read the poem and i'm like oh god i gotta go and write but are there some some yeah. poems that that are <laughs> that that kind of do a callback to it that in a more direct way in the collection or is it just something that is an idea that permeates throughout the whole work honestly i think it's an idea that permeates the work um, I mean, if you see any in particular, I'd love to hear that. But I, I, you know, I, I think it permeates the because you know, as I'm looking at it now and talking about it with you, like I'm seeing, oh, mm-hmm. this connection, this, con- yeah. you know, and yeah. and that's why I do these interviews and do this stuff is because I'm seeing my own yeah. work differently. And you know, I realized, oh. of course, as you were getting to the selection of poems, the order of events, as you were going to have them in the collection by the time I got to the last five to 10 pages of the work, things were really clicking in terms of what you were trying to say thematically. Whereas obviously like just the way collections are composed to begin with, you know, you have big questions at the beginning, but then by the time you get to the end, I I mean, if you could read one of those poems at the end that you feel, uh, obviously the weather gods is, is up there, but if there's one that really resonates with you in terms of what we've been talking about. Sure, I'm going to try to find one. I, which one do I want? Ooh, there's a lot. <laughs> Big questions. think, okay. Well, I think either of, and I mean, I'll take your opinion if you want. Um, I actually think the second to last poem, the incomplete inventory, things that have changed yes. this year, 
yeah. does get at that one in a, in a way. Let's go. That sounds um, great. So I'll read that one. Okay. Things that have changed this year. An incomplete inventory. Now, when I look at the pink palettes and sunsets, I remember they're from chemicals in the atmosphere. And then there's this grief. The way it breathes only when I'm not looking. Grief for what's to come, what will always remain, what will not be. I didn't rake the leaves before it snowed, and my backyard is now littered with dead leaves, remnants of the garden, grackles and sparrows pecking at the dirt. But I have learned to notice morning turning water to light over the lake on my way to work. So I believe in ghosts, though only the kind that haunt hearts make them heavy. Oh, God, that last line. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, there's there's a lot happening in, in this. But uh, before I move on, because this poem reminded me of something else, but I'm just going to have you sure. just share a couple of thoughts on this and, and how you see the work now so removed from actually having written it and what new things you have found. Well, I just am surprised I was able to pull it off, um, you know. Because you never know. Like, I, Kathleen and I sent an order, and I think we did the order of this, like, three times. Like, I am really bad at ordering my books. Mm -hmm. um, some people can, even the project book, like, I think we did the order of the book that is coming out next year, like, five times. Like, four wow. different three different people. Because it just, you know, once you get the poems and they're in their final form, it's got to do something. Um, so the implicit structure of this is sort of seasonal mm. yeah. and i don't say it outright but and it's not perfect but it yeah. is sort of seasonal so i kind of had that um what i see now is you know i'm looking at like these lines that even like i believe in ghosts but the first poem you know said i don't believe in anything right like <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. like i just noticed that um seeing that logic Right, come in like, oh, the sunset's beautiful, but it's like because we're, you know, global warming, right? <laughs> Chemicals. <laughs> yeah. But but she, the speaker, leaves that logic, right? Like the, the, they're there, but I've learned to do something. Like, and the speaker literally says, I've learned to notice this. So I think what I've learned coming back to this is like, oh, there is a progression there. That speaker's like learned something mm. and hasn't utterly changed. I mean, they're still who they are. Because we all are always who we are, but okay, like the logic has a, and I think you put it so beautifully, like the logic, this rigidity of I'm not believing in anything mm -hmm. has eroded a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think there's a conversion. I don't think there's a, uh, uh, like an enunciation or anything like that. But I think there's a soft. Maybe it's the attitude toward the 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 logic or toward the belief that's changed right like the mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if i'm making any sense but no you're 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 spot on there i mean i i think that there's so much to unpack but but overall it is that <laughs> that duality of control and not yes. not control and and just embracing it fully <laughs> to not know yeah yeah yeah. And so, I mean, if you think about the semantics, right, you have yeah. to kind of that tension. Mm -hmm. And I do think by the end, I learned how to manage that tension. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. We'll see. I don't, the draft I'm working on right now would say no. Um, <laughs> well, you, you're putting in the work and putting in the time. And yeah. I, listen, I can't believe that we're almost at an hour. And I so know me I, 
I want to thank you so much. I got a couple more questions, but this has been such sure. a joy to uh, to talk about some of these specific uh, choices and uh, and all the wonderful stuff in this collection. So I got I got two more for you. Okay. Sure. The la- the last one regarding the collection was that this had an original title that was different from the Weather Gods, um, which I don't know if the, if that's correct. I mean, maybe this is another mm-hmm. collection. Is that wrong? Or was it always the Weather remember. Gods? I think this was always the Weather Gods. Where did you? The only reason I'm asking is I may it may have. Did Did you find that somewhere? Well, I think well it was it was an interview that you had, and okay. uh, it you said something like light, tentative. Oh yeah, you're Ten- right. It okay. was true. This right. was something like light. See, I remember now, <laughs> which is the title from a post. That's why I asked. I knew I would remember if you said so. Um, I am also really bad at titling my book. Um, I had the weather gods and it was something like light. And I was like, this is going to be perfect. Cause it's this gray area, you know, yeah, something yeah. like, it. They were like but that doesn't make any sense. Nobody's going to get that. And I went, <laughs> okay. So that was quickly and, dismissed. You, you decided it's not enough to, to hold up everything that, that was going to be said in the collection. Yeah. And I, there's like three people when three, the two people I asked about this, they were like, no, it's a bad time. Just let, I went, yeah. all right, fine. Yeah. Just let it go. <laughs> you know, the same thing with the book that I is coming out. I really, for like two years, I thought about this book as this particular, a different title. And that's, it's in my computer. Huh. And people were like, this is a terrible title. And I was like, <laughs> I, and then I asked everybody else. I was like, okay, this is title, And this is why and I had like an email that I wrote like six. And he was like, no, this is wow. a terrible title. That is and so I went, funny. I, I, I was like, I am insulted, um, <laughs> but they were totally right. I mean, they were 100. And the minute I started, what's interesting is the minute I started calling it what it's called, people were like, oh, I love this. Like, Makes sense. It was sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I should just have my friend Jared title my books. I mean, it's really, you know. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have to talk about titles more because I could just ramble yeah. on it. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. And, oh, uh. I, I just can't get over it, but it, it sets me, it sets me back too, because I'm, I'm just locked in place, you know, on something. But lastly, uh, I just, uh, of course, thank you for your time, but I want to, no problem. I want to ask you what is on the horizon, of course, and what you're looking for folks to take away from the weather gods other than what we've already discussed. Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I'll answer that one briefly. And first. Um, I just want them to see something in it. If it's something as simple as what you said, I know you said other than what we said, but I'm going to be rebellious um, <laughs> and say, you know, that if there's anything, a line, a word, an image, a thought that they just want to sit with for a minute, that this maybe is comfort or beauty or to just, we need beauty in our lives more than ever now. And I, that's what keeps me on this is when I, I mean, I can't stop it. Like it didn't, it chose me. I can't control it. But that's what we need. We need poets and playwrights and artists always, but we need them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want somebody to have something in their hands or something in their minds of beauty, even for a moment a day. Like the anti-grief, right? Like that Marion Burke is like our guru. <laughs> um, what's coming next? We'll see. I've got in 2024, I have the retelling of the it's not really retelling. It's like the retelling. And then there's all kinds of other things going on in it. Uh, that's in 2024. I think it's April. Um, so I'll 
have to do the circuit again mm -hmm. and i'm working on another project i've got some new stuff coming out but it's you know it'll be full speed it'll, ahead it'll be done when it's done yeah full <laughs> speed ahead the work continues that's right the work continues so thank you so much you dr sarah okay i just uh, i gotta tell you okay i've been having a love-hate relationship with poetry you know this year the last couple of years but you too huh yeah <laughs> as very much a beginner but i think i i just want to thank you for sharing this work and and leading me through it today like an educator and being so generous with with the way that you're addressing these topics and that's what makes me feel like you're a good teacher. You're a good educator. Oh, that you're, you. you have the patience. You have the patience for this. And sure. you you have made it. Well, you know, <laughs> we can talk about teaching later. But um, listen, I just want to thank you for, for making it approachable for me again. Thank um, you. Because, yeah. you know, I was a teacher before I was a writer. I mean, I was called to do, I was called three times or twice. Once was to be a teacher and once was to do this. Like that's, I mean, and I mean that as someone who totally doesn't believe in anything. Those were the two times I was called and it was only the, that was what it was. And so it means so much to me to have you say like, you're a teacher. thing I will, I have ever done was, I mean, I've been teaching for 20 years almost. Wow. And yeah. it's my poetry and teaching are my first two loves forever. <laughs> and they have been that way. So I'm so glad. Thank you for making space for this, for having these conversations with not just me, for all of, for art, for life, for this, because this, we need this too. Wonderful. I think that's Have an great awesome note to end on. Thank you so much and hope we can chat Thank again you. down the road, okay? I hope so. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> Bye.